Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and I'm so glad that you were able to join us today. Today, we are going on an extraordinary Mission Unstoppable with a guide who will take us on a wild roller coaster ride of success. Gear Ness won the lottery. Well, not really the lottery. He, a native of Oslo, Norway, he is one of the very few to turn his American dream into reality. Armed with $1,000 and a pocket full of chutzpah, Gear came to America to become a star. He may not have made it in the movies, but he did become Norway's first fragrance and handbag designer, forever making his mark in the beauty and fashion industry as an entrepreneur and humanitarian. Let's hear from Gear himself. Welcome. How are you? I'm wonderful. How about you? I'm great. Thanks so much for being here with us today. I'm really excited to hear your story. So yeah, you... of course. I'm, I'm excited to be here too. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, so you came from Oslo, or did you come from a little yeah. town outside of Oslo? Well, I came from Oslo, but a little uh, area in outside Oslo, um, like 20 minutes outside uh, downtown Oslo. That's where I grew up. Can you describe Norway. for the listeners what what it looked like there, like when you look out your window? Yeah, we had, yes, uh, we um, lived in a fourplex. My family, we were three brothers, mom and dad. We had a one-bedroom apartment, so uh, three brothers was in one bedroom. My mom and dad have their bedroom in the living room. They have like sofa, you know, that they turn yeah. uh, into a bed at night. And then there was, <laughs> wow. and we had to share a bathroom with our neighbors uh, downstairs in the basement. And you can imagine when it's um, winter in Norway and 20 below zero, we had to go through like two stairs and go down to the bathroom. It was pretty cold. <laughs> I imagine it was so very cold. I, we grew up pretty tight. Uh, yeah, pretty tight. And, but it was a beautiful, um, around where I grew up, we had a lot of um, soccer field, um, woods, so there's a lot of greenery around where I grew up. Um, but uh, my, you know, my parents, when I grew up, they didn't have a lot of money, so we um, spent a lot of times outside because our apartment was so small. But one thing that we always had was love. You know, we had a lot of love, right. and um, my dad took me into sports, so I started sports when I was very young, played soccer, team handball, all that thing. So. I had a very, um, I was very lucky. I had a very healthy uh, upbringing uh, because of my family and the love I got. But we didn't have any space, so you had to be creative, you know, right. <laughs> in that kind of space. <laughs> you know, when when you because when you think of um, Norway or Sweden or any of those those countries, really, all of Europe. I mean, I'm from Salzburg, so I know. You know, oh yeah, the, the rooms mm-hmm. are very tiny anyway. Everything is very sparse, yeah. you know. Right. Um, 
but to, to cram all of you guys into that space. Yeah, and I, you know, I also think so. I also think what I learned now is when you grow up like that, you don't know anything else. Right. You know, this is how we grow up, and you think that this is the norm. You know, this is the way it's supposed to be. So mm-hmm. you're dealing with it, you know, differently than um, let's see if you grow up with you know in a uh, four thousand square foot home, and then you have to move to you know, a place like mine that I grew right. up with, you know, that, that's, that's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure. But for me, I thought we had everything when I grew up. I never thought about uh, until I got a little older and I saw friends of mine that lived differently and all that. But when I grew up, you know, we were fine with it. There was no problem at all. And we just dealt with it, but we spent a lot of times outside. And I think that's where I got the love for the nature and, and all that because I spent right. so much time in the woods and the mountains when so I grew up. So where were you on the, like, in the Brothers, the top, the the oldest, middle, young. Who were you? I, so I was the I was the middle one. Oh, so, the middle one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the special one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I always say exactly. my middle child walked to a different drummer. He really does. You know, from from the yeah, rest. You're right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, how old were you when you decided I'm going to leave here? Um, so, okay, so I started to work when I was a little, uh, 12 years old. I went to school, and in the morning, I started to um, to deliver newspaper in the morning. So my mom will make me up at 3 in the morning. I will go down, do the newspaper, you know, pass them out, make a little money, and go back to bed for like you know, 45 minutes and then go to school. Um, when I was 15, I started to clean offices in the weekends and work, you know, at three different jobs. Wow. Uh, to make money, and by the time I was 17, I bought my first condo in, wow. um, in Oslo. Uh, what, so what kind of job I, yeah, did your so dad I, do? What did your father do? So my father was working in a car dealership, and he okay. dealt with the you know the economy kind of, and the, and he was okay. very good with numbers, but he was not a good businessman. You know, he was very okay. loyal, and he did the same. He never asked for raise or anything. He thought you know when he get a job and just do it well, and he was so honest and loyal, but he never asked for raise. He never wanted another job that he can probably make much more money because he was very smart. So he, he just did it. And it was this, but I learned that from him, you know, to work hard and be honest and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, all that. But I also saw that what we can do differently, you know, you can ask right. for things, you can be creative more, you know, for, for I think from his generation, um, they were loyal, they were different than theirs today, yes. you know? Yes. So, Definitely. So, um, yeah, so that's what he did. And then uh, I just knew that I wanted, um, after I started to get a little older, you know, 14, 15, when I saw my friends, I said, you know, I want my own space. Not that I didn't like, but we had such a tiny space. That if I move out, my parents will have bigger space. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. how I was thinking about, you know. So, yes, I was um, not even 18. I was 17, something. Then when I got my first condo in Oslo. Wow. And that was the sort of money that, that I... Yeah, so I, it's good. And you see that, you know, I think today a lot of times people get it, um, a lot of people get it easy. You know, they think yeah. it's so easy. They have their phone, they have their um, the tablet, they have their this and that. They don't really do much. They don't communicate with all the kids. It's all about, you know, the computers and all that. And I think they're losing a lot of those things to really work hard and talk to people and play outside and do other things. And I, I agree I with you. I can see that with my friends, you know. Yeah, yep. so I see. I, I'm very glad that I grew up. I was lucky that way, but I see a lot of my 
friends that have kids now, they are um, they have problems with their kids because they don't really do that anymore, as you know. <laughs> they just see them and completely go in to say hi to them, and then they don't even look up. They're just into the computer, and then, you know, yeah. they don't say hi or anything with the kids. This is all into the play and the games and the people talking to you from all over the world. And, then they, and parents don't even know how they're talking to you many times, you know. But it's, even um, even in, in corporate, you know, even in stores, you go into a store and if the telephone rings, the person on the phone right. is more important than the person standing in front of them wanting yeah. to pay for something. Right. Right. Exactly. It drives me I crazy. I see that all the time. It's mean, so crazy, you know, and uh, there's no communication or they're, um, yeah, they're texting or on their one of those sites, you know, to maybe find a date for the night. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so exactly. It takes over. And I think now. It's, it's, I think people start to realize it more and more that it's so important that we talk to each other and communicate differently than, uh, than people really do today. Because I think it's uh, – I love the new technology. I love to follow it and do all yeah. that. But, you know, it comes to a point that you really need to, to calm down a few notches and then really see what's going on, you know, and I also especially find, kids today. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't you find that, that people like to break up over a text or, you know, or the miscommunication that comes through email rather than the voice to voice, like talk to somebody. Talk yeah. To them. And because sometimes you get a text, you know, and you don't know the feeling of it. Sometimes it's, oh my right. God, that was so rude, but that's not what they meant, you know, but you don't talk, you don't hear the voice. So you don't know what that, that sentence means, you know, and exactly. that happens many times. That's why I had to call people if there's something I, I don't agree with because I know those texting back and forth sometimes are crazy. You don't I even, texting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really do. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. But like, like you, you know, I, I left home early. I left home at 17 too, and I think it was really important. But now today you see kids staying home in their 30s, and it's like, are you kidding yes. me? No, no, no. Right. You got to go. Right. You got to grow up. You don't grow up until you leave home. Yeah, and you need to have a passion and have a goal and, and get, uh, you know, your parents pushing you to do things. Because, you know, when you are a teenager, the only thing you want to do is to do what other kids do, and, you know, playing with the games and not doing anything. But you need to get pushed, too, you know, I mean, not in a bad way. But I think it's um, – I think that the parents has definitely a role and to do and not to say, oh, they don't want to, so I don't let them do whatever he wants. He's just a kid, you know. And then all of a sudden the kid is not a kid anymore, and they get spoiled and they don't do anything, and they got, you know, the need to get pushed they need to have a goal they need to to do that and i'm very glad that i did you know and i, I got yes. that opportunity and i think that really helped me for what i'm doing today i think we're all glad that you did <laughs> thank you <laughs> so you i mean obviously you've got good looks and and did somebody say oh gee gear you should be a movie star go to america is that what happened or right. what well well actually what happened was that i was living in spain and at that time, I was a tour guide. And also, in the evening, I was producing and directing a cabaret show because I, lo- I, I love acting since I was very young. Sure. And um, I did a little sitcom, I like a bit part of a sitcom on television in Norway. And I love that. And then I got into Spain and doing this show, um, a cabaret for all the tourists was really fun. Uh, people from Norway, Sweden, Denmark, you know, on stage there and, and having fun. And one day after the one show we did, we did, um, I did a number from cabaret, you know, uh-huh. the, um, yeah, yeah. the one that yeah. Joel Gray does. And I was playing <laughs> then we'll come and Jan and you will come. I was playing the MC there, you know, with mask on and, oh, yeah. and dancing around Crazy and role. having yeah. two girls with me that was, you know, in high heels and, you know, 
I felt like a superstar being on that stage. <laughs> and, <laughs> so after the show, one producer from Sweden um, come up to me and was telling me that, oh, you're so funny. You should do more with your um, talent. You should move to either, you know, London, study acting or, or the United States and, and, and all that. And I, you know, I always thought about it. said, you know, you know, I, I love Spain. I love what I'm doing. So this is, you know, I'm happy here. Sure. Then more I thought about, you know, I started to write to schools in London, in New York, Los Angeles. And I got some some letters back, and they said uh, you had to come to audition, you know, to be accepted. You can't just, you know, write, you know, like I want right. to go to the school. And I always wanted, you know, I always said, oh my God, L.A. and the movie industry sounds so appealing to me. So maybe I should try that. Um, you know, and I wrote the schools, and I had to go to audition. I have to stop and you, and you know, I have to stop you. We're going to go to a commercial break. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's a really I'll good continue place after. to stop. Yeah, it's a really good yeah. spot. To, to, to stop yeah. you because next, don't go anywhere. Fun story. When we get back, so gotta, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't exactly. go anywhere. Gear's going to tell you how it all happened, how it all came down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Stick around. Stay tuned. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Man cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids, his dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachibutophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Okay, and we're back. You're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. And our tunes aren't going away. Okay. Thank you, Ben. Okay. So we're back. We're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. My guest today is Gear Ness. Gear was telling us a story of how he moved from Oslo to America. He's going after the American dream. Okay. Take us back in. 
All right. Yeah. So um, before the commercial break, we were in Norway. I mean, Spain, actually. In and, Spain, um, that's right. Yeah, and I met uh, this producer from um, Sweden. He said, yeah, I'm talented. So I ended up writing two letters to different schools in the UK and New York and Los Angeles. And I, you know, I wanted to go to LA. So I ended up. Acting schools? Acting schools? Acting, producing, exactly. Yeah, private schools. So I got. I just said I can go into for audition. So I told, mm-hmm. you know, my parents that I was accepted already, you know, just to calm them down. I mean, I was, so I got oh, from yeah. from Europe to Los Angeles and I didn't know a single person when I arrived in, at the LAX. And um, so I rented a car and um, the school was supposed to begin the, or the audition a week after I arrived. So, um, I, you know, I knew there was some uh, cheap, uh, I've looked, um, I've been checking out and I saw there was some motels up in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard, cheap hotels, motels, whatever. So I drove up there and it was like, I remember a night for like $14.99 at mm-hmm. that time. And you can imagine what kind of standard and then quality mm-hmm. that was. So, you know, I got to one of them. I parked my car. I never forget this. I come in in, in late afternoon, like evening, something to be dark. So I parked my car to go in there to, you know, see if they have room available. So I parked my car and just walk into the main office. So the guy said, okay, we have a room here. Here's the keys and all of that. So I parked my car right next to um, where I go the door. I walk in, and there was a person laying in this, you know, in my room oh, that I got. Yeah. Oh, so really? I go back in your room? And when I, yeah, that was really sweet. You know, welcome. And then I turn around, and I see two people inside my car because I had locked you know, I was just going to go in with some of my um, bags that I had in the front, and I had rest in my luggage in my trunk. I go back, and two people are in my car, you know, uh, searching around. And I got afraid and, and, and mad, you know, everything. I don't know what happened to me. So I started to run towards them, you know, and get out of my car, you know. And I started to fight with them. And then the one guy, he fell, and then he got scared, and he run and all of a sudden I turn I walk on the I go on the sidewalk and I see like eight people coming towards me like a gang you know coming towards me with uh with chain and stuff oh you know oh my gosh no and I, yeah so I get so scared and I jumped in my car and I took off you know after that paid whatever there wasn't much but it was a lot for me I didn't have a lot of money with me sure. and I remember stopping with one of those phone booths because this is 20 years ago that was before um you know really cell phones and anything right yeah. So there was a payphone on Sunset Boulevard. So I called my mom, and my mom goes, so how is everything? I said, oh, my mom, this is wonderful. I just love L.A. The people are so friendly here and nice. And I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to bother her. So that was like the welcome to L.A. So I ended up actually driving to a parking lot, and I slept in my car that first night in L.A. So that was my first big night in Los Angeles, was sleeping in my car, you know, when I arrived. Welcome and, to um, <laughs> Yes. So, that, so then what I did, you know, I started to research where the school's going to be, you know, and uh, I didn't rent a place, you know, an apartment and all that. So that's how I did on to do. And I went to audition and uh, I was lucky enough that they accepted me. And so I started school and I rented this really cheap apartment, you know, in uh, the bad side of, of town, but that's all I can afford. Um, and, and that's how I started to studying. But, you know, after a while, um, you ran out of money. So you're starting to, you know, need some money. And then I had a friend of mine that I met, and, and he said to me, I can, um, I have a job for you um, next weekend in a department store, um, and uh, it calls fragrance modeling, and you need to spray people, and you get pretty good money. I said, well, I don't know anything about fragrances, and, you know. He said, well, it doesn't matter. You just spray people and get them to buy 
you know, what you have to display, and uh, that's the all they need to do. Yeah. Right? Right. So, yeah. but it's just kind of funny because I got this, this job in this big um, department store in uh, Los Angeles, and um, my friend was telling me to spray everybody, right? And I do everything 150% when I do anything. <laughs> yeah. So what I did when people walk into the store, I run after them and started to spray them. I didn't ask them, did you want to try it? You know, then we just like, jump, yeah. spraying them, running after them. So after like five minutes, the department manager come over to me and said, uh, excuse me, um, but this is, I don't think this is for you. So I basically got fired after five minutes. Oh, no. And that was my first job as um, in the fragrance industry in in the United States. Um, but then I got a job in another department store, and now I start to learn how to do it. You know, you talk to people, and I, I love people, so it was easier for me. And then I say, I always say fragrance, and I started to do really well. I started to sell good, and I, I love it. And, you know, when I, as I told you earlier, when I was little, I always was outside because of our space in my apartment. And, you know, so I at very young age, I could separate flowers and the scents, and I love scents. I always have loved scents. Okay. So working with these fragrances and all these different lines, I worked for them. I, I loved it, and people come up to me all the time and say to me, yeah. you know, where are you from? And I said, Norway, and they all ask me, does Norway have their own scent? And I find out we never did. We have fragrances from Italy and France and all that, but mm-hmm. never really a fragrance that, you know, reflected Norway. So one day I was invited to this big party um, for fragrances because I've been selling a lot. So I was invited uh, for a lunch um, in a fragrance uh, in, in, in Los Angeles. So I was sitting next to a perfumer from France. So I was asking him a question and said, you, what, how do you create a fragrance? And he said to me, find ingredients that you like. And um, the first thing that came to my mind were like Norwegian wildflowers, you know, in, in Norway and um, you know, the scent that I was introduced to with, you know, my mom and I was little. Sure. So when I was back in Norway for vacation and I collected flowers and herbs and this perfumer was really helpful. And he said, you know, yeah, I'd like to, you know, see if I can help you. And, you know, he didn't charge me to help him beginning. So I started to really take with me everything that I could think about that I liked, you know, for Norway. And yeah. so he smelled it and started to make oil. So every time we come up with an oil, I walked on the street and I asked people what they thought about the scent without telling them that I was behind it. And that way, sure. you know, you get the honest truth, what people really think. So yeah. I worked on this for almost four years. And in those four years, um, Frankie, I had um, then worked for a lot of different fragrance company. I did some acting. I got a couple of small B movies. I got my Screen Actors Guild card. Um, so I got a little bit of the, of the flavor of Wait, I, I'm going to say, you, you, you were actually listed as you know in project vampire and you were the alpha right. intern <laughs> yes, oh my god that was <laughs> i can't believe you Woo, you're in a movie that is <laughs> yes so that was like shot we did that in uh, long beach i think in california for like seven days for like a you know a 15 seconds thing you know took like oh. almost a week to shoot but yeah, so I got that, and I got a couple of small plays I was doing in a co- another movie called uh, Casting Agency, I think. And so it was, you know, so I got a little of that. Plus, I got to know um, this fragrance industry pretty well. And right. one, one thing I realized, you know, asking people what they thought of the scent and what was most people wanted something fresh and light. You know, people were mm-hmm. tired of the heavy fragrances, the too sweet, people allergic, you know, all mm-hmm. those things. 
Mm-hmm. So, but it, when I was working with this perfumer and the perfume house, I realized more and more, you know, that this is really something I want to do, but I didn't have any money to produce this. So when the scent was almost finished, you know, I needed like one more ingredients. And I always love lavender. Lavender is one of my favorite, you know, mm-hmm. scents. So I got, I got some lavender um, uh, extract, you know, into this fragrance. And after sure. we did that, people goes, oh, my God, it smells so good. And I realized this is what I have to do now in life. You know, I need to really do this and not just do a little of this, a little of that. I right. want to concentrate 110%, but I don't have the money to do this. So what happened was a friend of mine that I was telling him about this, he um he became a very dear friend of mine. He said, dear, I, I believe in you. I don't have a lot of money, but I have a little bit. You can pay me tomorrow or in 20 years. I know you're going to be successful. Then I had one credit card, um, but I had money on. So I maxed up my credit card and I produced thousand bottles, which is today, of course, nothing, but you know, that was all I had. And what I did also, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's a lot, but not, you know, for, to survive and make a living. It's not. Yeah. So, so what I did, frankly, I copied my mom's signature without her knowing it. And I still screened her name, on the bottle, right. and I gave it the first bottle to her for Mother's Day. So Lila is the name of the fragrance, L-A-I-L-A. Right. So Lila. that's, you know, name of her. And then I was sitting there in Los Angeles with 1,000 bottles in my, uh, in my apartment, and I didn't know that anybody, you know, wanted the fragrance. I called department stores. Nobody called me back, of course. And I wait, finally wait, wait. I got to stop you for been... one second, though. How, what did your mom, what was her reaction? She was shocked because I, she, I said I'm going to send you something. And she had got a sample of all the other fragrances I've been working with, you know. Oh, okay. Um, so she everything had from, about Yeah, she didn't know anything. And then she was shocked. And she got like, yeah, but my name can be a fragrance. You know, it's like, yes, mom, you have a beautiful name and I love you. So this is it. You know, this is the right. fragrance. So she, she was just shocked. She knew I was working with something, but she didn't know I was going to do this, obviously. Uh, but um, she loved the scent. So she loved the scent. And... And then she said to me, this reminds me, it reminded her even about Norway. And that's what I uh-huh. wanted, you know, something green and light and, and, and sweet and happy. And doesn't it have watermelon and... in it? It has a, a drop of watermelon because my mom and that. And it has also a lily of the valley, which yeah, is my mom's and my favorite, you know, when you can mm-hmm. smell that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a lot of herbs in it and the lavender. I'm wearing it and, today because um, I wanted to be in the mood. For oh, you me. are? Yeah, yeah. Her- yeah, Wonderful. I got a little sample bottle, so I, I put some okay. on in honor in honor of our interview today. Thank you, <laughs> thank welcome. you so much, Frankie. Yeah, so where were I with that? So, um, sorry. Okay, you have a thousand bottles. A, yeah, a thousand bottle, and then I finally got an. Um, a meeting with Nordstrom's and Nordstrom was like a top of my list. You know, I always love that oh. store because I worked there in the fragrance modeling also with Nordstrom's and what I love about that store was the customer service, you know, they have unique things there, you know, that's something that no one else had. So that was like my highest goal to try to get into Nordstrom. And I had met the buyer and she was amazing. And she said to me, Gear, I love your scent, but you have no advertisement money and no, you know, name. And this is harder than show business, which mm-hmm. I know now it is. It's very, very hard to get in. And she said, finally, she agreed on taking in 100 bottles to one store and see how much I will sell in three months. So, um, and that was the day before Mother's Day, I'm going to get my fragrance into Nordstrom's. Wow, so I said to myself, I, yes, I only have one shot, so I have to be very creative. What are I going to do on this one day to get able to sell these bottles? So um, going to the acting class, I had many friends 
uh, at school. Some was, you know, actor, photographers. I'm going to stop so you. We're going to go to another commercial break. I don't want you to tell the story until we come back because this is a really good All right. story. These folks are okay. not going to want to miss this story. Because this is very cool, very creative, very cool. And for all of you entrepreneurs out there who are listening, take note. Because, you know, one thing my dad said to me, Gear, is anybody can do it Uh with money. Anybody can do it with money. What can you do without money? Right? Let's see how creative you you can get. You will hear it after the commercial break. There we go. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. We're coming right back. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. a book titled The Art of Doing Nothing by Veronica Vien in our guest room by the bed. I'm telling you, this book is an impossible challenge. In the state of Maine, it's said that someone who bottoms chairs for a living is lazy, presumably because one's bottom is perpetually in the chair. To sozzle means to laze around or perform a task in a sloppy way. The word is mainly found in New England. A quote from 1848 describes the term as used by housekeepers in certain parts of Connecticut to refer to a lazy person. Other words for lazy people are abbey lovers, scabberlatchers, and slaughter pooches. To me, the ultimate love lolly is someone who is too lazy to even fake like they're working. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Our son just adopted a dog, a red fox Labrador named Scout. There is no better psychologist in the world to help you feel good, like a happy-go-lucky Norse Boris puppy licking your face. Dogs are really smart. If you think dogs can't count, try putting three dog biscuits in your pocket and then giving Fido only two of them. Your dog will be snuzzling or poking around with his nose to find the last biscuit. If people are really smarter than dogs, why are we the ones walking along behind them with the pooper scooper? The reason a dog has so many friends is that he wags his tail instead of his tongue. Even though owning a dog can cause us to become dartle dum doos or someone who spent all of their energy, dogs reward us by giving us their all. It's the best deal man has ever made. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. And we're back. You're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso, and today my guest is Gear Ness. Now, Gear just was telling us a story about he was bringing Lila perfume into Nordstrom's, and he's got 100 bottles. It's the day before Mother's Day, and they're hoping that they will sell out of these bottles in three months. Here we go. Yes. All right. So I had called my friend up that um, was a photographer. His name was John. I said, John, can you come down to Nordstrom and take picture of me um, the day of my launching for Mother's Day uh, and pretend that I'm a big star? You know, and mm-hmm. he said to me, and remember now, this is 20 years ago, so that's before the, um, you know, um, there's cell phones and you can take, you have a little camera on your phone, right? Sure, but it was like, yeah. You know, real did. And he said to me, Gear, I would love to do it, but I have no film in my camera. And I said, nobody <laughs> knows that. Just come down right. and flash and pretend I'm a big star. Then yeah. I asked a couple of friends of mine, and this is a true story. I, so I asked a couple of friends of mine in class, can you guys come down and just make a big deal that I'm there, you know, and I take you guys for dinner or do something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they're going to come down and say, oh, my God, here he is, right? 
So I go to a garage sale and I buy a suit for five dollars. Oh my and gosh. at the garage sale, they had a red carpet laying on a, you know, it wasn't yeah. pretty, it was red, but it was dirty, but I got it for free, you know, for $5, I got the carpet sure. and, the, and the suit, and I couldn't go afford to go and dry clean the suit because I have no money for that, but that didn't matter, it looks nice, you know. So um, when the door opened at Nordstrom um, the day before Mother's Day, I had my red carpet there laying there, I had all the bottles behind me, and have some pictures for myself, my headshots because of the acting, so that sure. I stabbed those pictures everywhere, you know, around. Then you yeah. had the photographer flashing and, you know, the whole thing. So when people walking in, you know, to buy, they see this big fancy, you know, all the different fragrance houses have these all beautiful, you know, flowers and what have sure. you. And you see me in the corner over there. And people, you know, in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, they always want to see a star or be a star themselves. So. People came over to me because they see the red carpet and this blonde guy staying there with the suit on. There must be somebody very, you know, special, special right? Yes. So they're starting to line up, you know, and I started to sell. And people come up to me, oh, my God, I love you. It's one woman come up to me, and she had so much diamonds on her fingers. She can barely lift her arms up. <laughs> and she put her, 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 her hands on my shoulder. She looked straight in my eyes, and she said to me, darling, I love that suit. That must be from Europe. And I was just smiling back to her, and I bought it like mm. four blocks away in a garage yeah. sale, you know, but she didn't know. And I just play along with that, you know. And she bought for all her friends. And then I think in an hour, I sold up all the bottles. How much and were they selling for? They were going for, what is it, $60 per bottle yeah, or something nice. like that? Yeah. yeah. And, and what was your biggest and, competitor at the time, fragrance-wise? Well, you know, I mean, I will say all of them. You know, you have Chanel. You have, you sure. know, all those big Calvin Klein. I mean, all those big lines, you know, are yeah. there. And uh, I just did my stuff, you know, and I was just like, and I saw, you know, all the other lines were looking at me. It's like, what's going on with this guy? You know what I mean? They're coming back and they're selling and selling. And plus, I got a lot of people on a waiting list just to buy the fragrance after they sold out. So, nice. um, so then when I walk out of Nordstrom's, because I have different jobs, you know, it wasn't that I need to make money too, right? I didn't make any money yeah. in the beginning. So when I walk out of Nordstrom, there was a um, homeless person sitting there in a box, you know, full of cones and had some dollar bills. And he said to me, uh, excuse me, sir, you have some change. And I looked at him and said, you know what? You have more cash than I have. I'm sorry, I don't have any. And he looked at me like, yeah, you're so full of it. But yeah. you know, I didn't, you know. And, and then I go, I had at that time, I bought a $600 car, like, a, you know, the, those old uh, Renault Lecar, yeah, what's the name yeah. of it? It was like yeah. an old French uh, car. Yeah. I love and the I Renault. Yeah. Like five, yeah, I love them too. But this car, you know, wasn't really uh, in a great condition because it was $600. And I, I parked it like six blocks away so nobody could see me, you know, in the car <laughs> because I was a big star from Europe. So sure. I go in this car and I changed into a um, T-shirt and jeans because I also worked as a seat filler. What you do, you go to those big, you know, the shows you see on television, you know, yes. and people applauding for it. And they pay people to do that, you know. Okay. Um, and I was one of the seat fillers. I worked for Star Jones. Remember her? Yep, uh, for, yeah, yeah, um, Star Jones. She was at the yeah. I guess. Yeah. And she had her own talk show at that time. So what I did, I go in there and applauding and making 10 whatever, $15 an hour to do that, you know, from being like a star at Nordstrom's to doing that in between, you know, yeah, all different yeah. things. And, and come back uh, that weekend, I had some clothes that I sold in my garage sale to make the rent for that month, you know. And oh, that's how I started, you know, at Nordstrom. Exactly and how old like were you now? And, uh, how old were you? So this is so that I was I would believe so this one twenty so there must be twenty nine years old. 
Okay. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. So if you're listening and you're an entrepreneur and you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, this is a wonderful story. This is is like a Richard Branson kind of thing that would happen. This is like you have to get really creative and get yourself, you know, and do what you have to do. And how resourceful were you? To find a you know a five dollar yeah. suit and to you know get your friends to pretend and it's right. all show baby it's all show right yeah and I you know I think I learned that in Spain as a tour guide I learned that at mm-hmm. school in acting class you have to be creative you have to sell yourself you know I mean because nobody will do it for you so you know actors yeah. you know you have all the stories from actors that know I successfully get an Oscar they started somewhere you know they were creative like Madonna what she did you know to become you yes. know, famous and you know they they're not just done because you can write a song or you can sing it's more to it you know it's to create something and make it happen and that's what I learned from doing all this so. Um, and I love telling that story to people because I meet so many people that have a dream and want to do it. And it's like, you've got to be thinking outside the box. You have, you have to, to think, think outside, outside the, the box. box. So now you really yeah. did go outside the box because you have your perfume line. You have the men's line gear. You have um, your your creams. You you know, you have skincare line. And you have purses. Right. Yes. Yeah, so after after this with Nordstrom, you know, I started, you know, I got into more stores. I got into all the Nordstrom stores. And then I met with Disney World in Orlando. And I don't know if you've ever been to Disney World in yes. Orlando, but they have Epcot, you know, which yes. is very popular. They have a lot of, you know, countries from all over the world. They have Canada. They have Norway. They have the U.K., France, Italy, you know, all of them. So at the Norway Pavilion, um, they had, you know, the sweaters, the trolls, and what have you, but they didn't have any fragrance there because Norway is not really known, obviously, for sure. fragrances. So they're going to try my fragrance in there, and the first day we sold it out, and then um, I got into to Epcot, and um, now it's the one of the best-selling fragrances uh, in Disney World at Epcot uh, because I also bended myself. Yeah, yeah signing you go. It, and, I you mean- know, I just... Don't you travel like 260 days or 300 days a year or whatever? I think I have like 300 days yeah, traveling. And actually, um, from uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'll be at uh, Epcot actually signing. And I, I just the feel Norway like I'm so or, or in, because in which Epcot? In Epcot. In Norway, Norway Pavilion at Epcot. Oh, in, in Florida. Uh, in Florida, exactly. Okay. So I'm going to be there, I think, on July 12th, something. But the, the thing is... Uh, that I have been blessed because, you know, one of my favorite department stores is Nordstrom. And yes. I always was a big Disney fan since I was able to see the movies in, over Christmas, you know, with Mickey and yeah. Donald Duck and all that, you know. So for yeah. me, you know, and, there's, and I'm meeting all these wonderful, you know, people that the guests and everything. And I have to tell you a fun story that happened to me if we have time um, at um, in Disney World. I um, this. This young guy come up to me and he was telling me that um, he said, Mr. Ness, I got to tell you a fun story. Um, and I want to thank you so much uh, for this. I said, well, so what is it? He said, well, I go into this bank. I'm going to pay my bills. And it was packed with people. And I smell somebody behind me that smells so beautifully. So I had to turn around and I talk, see this beautiful woman. And she was wearing the scent that was yours. So we started to talk and we liked each other. So we exchanged phone numbers. And we started to date, he said, and we um, go out and we got engaged and they ended up getting married. And he said, we got a little child, a little girl, and we named it after your fragrance. And then, then he said, hold on a second. And he go out and get this wife and a little baby, which is named oh. Lila, and coming into me and taking pictures because of my fragrance. That's how they, they have their That's family. That's wonderful. And, you know? 
Yeah, so what I get a great this story. kind of stories, Frankie, and I had to say, I'm like, I get stories all the time. People, you know, telling me uh, stories about my fragrance, and you know, that means to me because that more than just, you know, yes, you create something, and and we all have to make money and all that. Sure. But for me, it's more than that. You know what it's I mean? It's the experience, the stories. Yeah, and it's just uh, for me, I feel so blessed. And I just, you know, after he's telling me that story, it's like, wow, this is really incredible that <laughs> you create a fragrance. I mean, create a um, family from your fragrance. Absolutely. I want to change gears here because um, I want folks can't see you, obviously, but I want to tell you guys that gear is built like a brick shit house. <laughs> you are really <laughs> you. You're you're built like a Greek god. My goodness. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there's a you are funny. I love it. <laughs> well, okay. I try to take good care of myself. Yeah, and you do take good care of yourself. So what is it that you do? What's your secret? What do you eat? Tell me what you eat. Okay. So the secret uh, with, with what I do is I never believe in a diet. I believe in a lifestyle. And the reason why, because when you are on a diet, you know, people starve themselves. They can only eat two or three times a day. And then you crave and you're craving. And then all of a sudden the diet doesn't work anymore. You see, most people on diet from one to two years, they're back or even more than they was before the diet. Yeah. So um, for me, it's to eat. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's to eat the right thing. And I'm uh -huh. not saying, I don't think, Frankie, I don't believe in you can never eat this, you can never do that. I believe if you put that, you know, in front of you, you can never do anything, that, that it will fail. You know, it will fail sooner okay. or later. So what I do every morning, regardless of where I am, I always have... Um, I like egg whites. So I do my egg whites with spinach, broccoli, tomatoes, some berries. You know, you get some antioxidants in. Sure. And whatever you go, because I travel over 300 days a year, so obviously I'm hardly never home. So if I go to a restaurant, I never look at the menu. I mm -hmm. I know that most, you know, diners or they will have, have this. So I said, I need an egg white omelet, you know, with this and that. I don't want any cheese in it and no salt extract because I'm allergic to it. Even if you're not, because now they listen right. to you and they write right. it, you know more specific. So I ask that. So I eat that basically every breakfast. I have that if I can, or I have oatmeal, you know, but stay away from the sugary and all that. And you can, because a lot of the times they put so much sugar on the top yeah. of it that ruined the whole, you know, breakfast. But I really so love the sugar music is in Europe. That's beautiful. I, I don't eat, yeah. I don't eat cereal because it makes me fat, but I, yeah. Awesome. Okay. We're, we have a, a yeah. minute to our commercial break. So let's keep going until... Yes. So, so then I do. Um, and that holds do, you for uh, a couple hours. Couple and I have some fibers in between. You know, I can have an apple. Apple has a little mm -hmm. sugar in it, of course. But one mm -hmm. apple is fine. You shouldn't have, you know, hundred apples a day. But one is sure. good in between to fill you up a little bit. Drink a lot of water all day. Mm -hmm. Salad. I have a salad. But the dressing can kill you too. The dressing, right. a lot of dressing has a lot of sugar in it. So. Do like olive oil or virgin olive oil instead of the dressing concentrate. Ask for olive oil and put that into the salad with a chicken or turkey or something lean, you know, with lettuce, you know, the yeah. tomatoes. Get some green in there. It's very good for you. And I eat a lot of fish, steamed vegetables. I stay away from all those, you know, potatoes and bread. Once in a while I have all that, but most uh -huh. of the time I don't. I just have steamed vegetables and clean food. You're very you know, disciplined. And all the We're going to go to a break. We have to go to a break. But wait, don't right. go anywhere because, you know, you want to know, ladies – Guys, you want to know how do you get nice and lean and trim and look young? This is how you do it. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. It's merging. 
last night, my husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Women's Health Magazine cited a recent study that showed 41% of women said the main reason they do not eat better is because they do not have enough time. It takes time to plan healthy, low-calorie meals, not to mention going to the store and buying the right foods. But it's worth it. A survey by the CDC found that almost 40% of people who lost a significant amount of weight and kept it off plan their weekly meals. Map out your meals for a week, spending just an hour or two on the weekend. Shopping for a week's worth of healthy meals will save you time and pounds in the long run. If you take the time to plan out what you're going to eat and have it on hand, you will be successful in your weight loss and not be tempted to eat junk food. Mapping out your eating is a good idea. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Okay, and if you're just joining us, you are listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am Frankie Picasso, and my guest today is Gear Ness. And in his fitness minute, he's telling us about his. <laughs> so, Gear, you're telling us about your, your wonderful diet. You're very clean. You really eat clean, super clean. Uh, you yes. know, no sugar, really. Um, everything is, is natural food. Nothing is packaged food and it, it helps you stay nice and trim now what about exercise i know that you've run a marathon for cancer and i right. want to get into that i want to get into that a little bit about what you, you know the foundations and things that you help out in the world but just let's finish off with your fitness what what kind of a regime yeah, so, do you do so you know i i understand that we all have different lives right? I, mean, I know that a lot of people probably listen to you now are mothers that have kids. They don't have a lot of time. They work, you know, and have kids. And, you know, I mean, we're all different. But I do think, though, if you put in what I do, I say meeting, you know, and meeting will be a meeting with me, meaning time for me. So a lot of times people say, so what are you doing at 4 o'clock? I say I have a meeting from 4 to 5.30, which is actually my workout, you know. But I call okay. it a meeting. I put it into a meeting list yep. because if Schedule. you don't do that, oh, I wait till tomorrow and tomorrow. So you've got to put in some time for you, regardless of what mm-hmm. you do, because it's easier than, you know, to deal with, with things, you know, in, in your daily life, yep. with your family. And I, I've told so many friends of mine doing that, and they actually call me thinking, Gear, thank you for doing that, because now I have a little time, I work out, I do some cardio, you know, so you should always do some cardio, it's good for your heart. Um, I also do some free weights, of course, and all that too, but, Cardio is the most important thing you do, you know, either on a treadmill or whatever you can do. Or sure. if you can't do that, do for, go for a long walk, you know what I mean? Like exercise. But like your, your body really is defined. Like you've got like the eight pack happening. I mean, like you're yeah. very chiseled. So, 
Yeah, so maybe um, <laughs> I can set the program for you. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, so I do, I do abs exercise like three, three days a week, which I, I spend around 10, 15 minutes on my abs okay. with different ones, you know. Um, Is this on a machine do, or just free weight? Uh, both. I can, you can do it at home, you know. You can mm-hmm. do, um, do it at home um, if you don't have a gym around you. You can definitely mm-hmm. do this exercise at home. Uh, you know, the blanket you can do, you sit up and then on your, um, you can do uh, sit-ups. But, um, and, and a lot of times you read, oh, sit-up is not good for you. I mean, all those things, people say you can't do this, you can't do that. But I tend to listen to your own body and, and yes. what you can do. But I do think if you, if you have a, a st- lifestyle that is healthy, you eat healthy food, you do exercise, you do long walks, you know, or you can, if you live in an apartment in a, third floor do the steps if you can instead of doing elevator you know certain things like that and that will adds up you know a lot yeah. so you know not always jump in your car and drive everywhere maybe you can walk those you know blocks instead of driving and and just think about that all the time and think about yeah. what you eat you know um and write it down sometimes okay what do i do today and also try not to have food inside your home that you know you're going to eat in, in, in the evening if it's not good for you. Because you know you're going to oh, eat it. So yeah, you are eat it. food in your, your home <laughs> that you know is good. Even if you wake up at 2 in the morning, if you need something, then whatever you take, then it's, it's okay. It's a fiber or something instead of the, right. you know, of, of the white chocolate or the cookies or whatever. You know? Try to have in your home things you can eat because good, we all good. do the cravings at night. Absolutely. Wow. Good advice. Thank you so much for that. Um, cancer seems to be something that that's on your your radar. Um, you know the you, yeah. you, you know you've got the Norwegian Cancer Society. Um, mm-hmm. You you ran the Susan Coleman for somebody a friend of yours who had cancer a marathon, and also animals because that's you know animals are like really big in in my world. Um, I love businesses who are interested in social impact because I think it's very important to give as well as yes. get right. So yeah, how did yeah. how did how did cancer come on your radar? Like, did you know somebody? Well, my uh, yes, my sweet mom had um, colon cancer um, oh, a few no. years ago, and um, I was just shocked. It was I was with her, and we were in the um, city of Bergen on the west coast of Norway. We visited a friend of mine, uh, having dinner, and my mom, um, you know, thought she had something else. The doctor said, "Oh yeah, you know, this is." nothing serious and stuff but you should um we should do some tests so you can't eat certain things and she thought it was just going to be you know you know a, a simple little thing there was a nothing really you know yeah exactly something. Something. and then right right um and then they um took tests and then i went um back to the united states after norway and the next week my mom's gonna do a test and get results and everything so i called her up and said oh uh, so how was it uh, i said to my mom oh well you know it was cancer I said, what? What did you say? Oh, it was cancer, but that's fine. You know, it will be fine. Oh, my I, goodness. I said, and I was sitting there. I was walking on Fifth Avenue, and I almost, you know, I was walking. I mean, a phone, I said, what did you just say? And I didn't see the, the, the green and the red light. You know, I almost got, you know, oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> ran my over gosh. by a car yeah. because I was just so, she took so it so shocked. well. So I couldn't be freaky. I said, oh, mom, they'll be fine. You know, yeah, it's, 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 she said it's a colon cancer. Um, and Which is um, not a nice I said, oh yeah, that, that. that's nothing. Whatever you know. So yeah. she's starting to do treatments and everything. And I remember um, that was in the fall when she did treatments, and she had an operation um, right around Christmas time. So I was obviously home for her with that. And then I got her home, and she's starting to do better. And now she's cancer free. But 
I also, yes. um, thank God, she did well, you know, and she had the operation mm -hmm. and, and all that. And uh, then I had another friend of mine, and she was a marathon runner. Her name was Greta White, and she had actually won nine New York marathon. Wow. And she was such a tripper, you know. And uh, she had uh, a foundation in Norway uh, for cancer that um, I will um, we had to uh, raise money for and run the marathon. And I never ran a marathon before. I worked out my whole life, but not running right. marathon is different, you know. That yeah, first six miles, right? So that, yes. So I practiced for that, and she wrote a book about it, and she taught me how to do it and how to practice it and all that. So we ran uh, the marathon. We raised a lot of money, and um, then I've been involved with, with several, you know, other organizations, you know, after that. And then, of course, I loved animals since I grew up, and yeah. uh, I work now with um, the animal shelters, you know, in the United States that I will go um, raise money. I will also take them out when I have time in between home and traveling. Nice. Uh, I work mostly with bigger dogs like pit bulls because people yeah. are afraid of them. They think they're the dangerous, evil yeah. dogs, but they are they're not. So we just dog, but they get trained to be evil. You know, that yes. it's, uh, uh, there are human beings that are so, been yep. so evil to these dogs, you know, and they, they are the one that's gonna, you know, that did make these dogs evil. There's nothing the dogs themselves that are actually very sweet. Yeah, so, I, I, um, actually, I got a guy coming on next week who who saved or two weeks who saved um, one of those pit bulls and got arrested. Like this dog was emaciated, he took it off a person's property and he got arrested and, and went to jail. But you know what? God bless him that he saved this dog. And um, yeah, uh, it, you know what? We got we we have to help our animals. We have to help our animal friends. And no, uh, they can talk. You know, animals can yeah. talk, and they they need they need love. They need help. You know, and I just um, and in helping me too. You know, when I. Like last time I was in California, I went to these animal shelters and I took out one of those, the pit bulls and they were yeah. supposed to say, yeah, it's going to be a little aggressive and all that. So I took him walking and played with him and I took him under a tree and I sat down with him and he looked at me and all of a sudden, you know, he come up to me and he put his head on my shoulder, you know, oh. and just looked at me. And so I was surprised, like, oh my God, it was such a nice moment. And they give me more, you know, love than I, I'm sure I will give them. I mean. It goes both ways. You know what I mean? Yes. You do something yeah. good for them, they do they give it back. And I just love it. You know, I forget everything. I, I don't have my cell phone with me or anything. I just go and be with them. And then it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. So whoever listening, if they can do something, I think they can uh, go to the animal shelters and try to help them and, uh, you know, take some courses and, and help them. Whatever they can you do for the animals. You are just such a beautiful example. Gear, you're such a beautiful example for Everyone, oh. you know, everybody says, I can't do anything. I can't do this. I don't have time for that. Here's a guy who travels 300 days a year. He's never in his home 300 days a year. And he's going to shelters and taking dogs out for the day to play with them. He's running marathons for cancer. He's traveling, you know, back and forth, visiting his family as makes time for that. Because you make time for the things that are important to you. Just like you said, you schedule. Yeah, and I, that I, I think that. Yeah, and I think, frankly, that, you know, it's a priority. Like, you have to prioritize your life, you know, and set goals and do it and not just talking and talking and, you know, and put it down on the paper, you know, if you have a problem to focus. And there's so many things we want to do in life. But I think if you prioritize, you know, your friends and families and, and see people out there that need you, you know, I mean, that's what I'm looking at, you know, people who need me. I've been no yes. lucky and fortunate. Yeah, I've been working hard, but also lucky to have the lifestyle I have today. So I wanted to give back and I wanted to do something that, you 
you know, is meaningful to me, you know, and for me, it's not as meaningful to drive around, you know, and go to all this, this big, you know, Hollywood parties, which yes. I've been to and it's good for my job, but I want to do something that really it means something for me that I feel, you know, and that's definitely that. helping people and dogs, you know, and um, right. definitely. Well, you know um, what? We have three minutes to till the end of our show. So I want to make sure that we get your website in, which is triple, you've got two, triple W dot. Um, Lila, which is spelled L-A-I-L-A, like Layla, but Lila.com, and www.gearnest.com, which is G-E-I-R-N-E-S-S.com. So the websites are out there. Gear, what do you want to tell us? You can say anything you want. I just want to... I just want to tell everybody that listened to you because I know how great you are. You, oh, show you. It's about, you know, the, the, the thinking and the care. And, you know, and I just think you people should really say to themselves, you know, what have I done today to maybe help somebody else too? You know, is it all for myself? What can I do something to help people? What can I do? What's around me? You know, are yeah. there maybe um, an animal shelters or are there um, maybe kids that need you? You know, I've been working with disabled kids and I've been doing all, you know, there's always things you can find out on the computer. What's around me that you can help somebody just yep. say hi to people just smile to people you know instead of just looking down and be nice to people that's a good start you know what i mean like we can yeah. always make you know, a difference I, I, I in, found our, out in life on a show we've only got a couple a minute or two but la- i think last week on a show one of my guests said that people are afraid of old people they're afraid to talk to senior citizens you know we talked at the beginning right. of the show everybody's on their cell mm-hmm. phones and stuff that they forget that old people know a lot of stuff and they're afraid of them yeah absolutely so, Crazy. I, yeah. Go and talk to I just think that we have to, yeah, and be kind to people and, you yeah. know, and respectful and, and nice and sweet. You know what I mean? That's the thing to me, you know? And uh, you can make a big difference just being kind and nice and, you know. You know what I like? And, I like knowing that there's people like you in the world. I'm so happy I don't met oh, you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. And to you, Frankie, thank you for having me on your, your show. And thank you for all what you do to, for people and have people on so that people can listen and learning, hopefully, and you know, all can have a um, better world out there. If we Here we got one minute. What's other. new? What's new? You can, what are you creating now? What's the next big gear next I'm creating a, a new fragrance that will be out in October, November. And I, I can't really tell you the name yet, but it will be okay. um, a big launch for me. Nice. <laughs> so nice. maybe if we are next time, you know, I can tell yeah. you all about that too. Okay, good. Yeah. Make, sure I, make sure you let me know when it's out. And so I, I can, because I don't know if it'll be I in will. Canada, would, but um, yes. I'd like to hear about it. Well, that definitely, thank yes. Thank and you. Thank you so much for having me on, and all of you listeners, thank you for listening, and uh, I wish you all the best in the world. Thank you. Wherever you are in the world, thank you. We love you, and we're signing out right now, but we will be back next week. Take care. Bye now. Bye-bye. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turn defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember... Don't, 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 don't stop.